0: Good morning, good morning, it's Dr. Brenda Shoshana with our next episode for today's episode for Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life, excuse me, and here we are, a beautiful, actually sunny, crisp winter day, beautiful new day, and beautiful new opportunity to taste life again, ever fresh, ever new, wow. Hi <clears throat> ever new ever fresh you know many years ago i i taught zen and psychology at the new york zendo once a month for oh, for many years about 8 years and um someone once said to the woman who to I who, who ran the whole program you know eshen that's my name at the zendo eshen's always often repeating similar themes saying the same thing and can, why is that And it was such an interesting question because, yes, in Zazen practice, we repeat and repeat the same thing. And many of the points in the talks are similar in Zen practice and in Zen and in life. But somehow we are not the same each time we hear it. So we hear it differently, perhaps, hopefully. And the point isn't quite the same either. So it can take also a long time to really hear something. We can hear it and hear it, and then one day, oh, yes, now I get it, now I get it. That happens to me a lot when I reread old uh, Zen books that I love or sutras or teachings. Oh, now I hear it differently. Somehow we need to experience our life, and actually the true teacher is our life itself. It it softens us, it opens us, it does many things to us to prepare us to hear not only the teachings or the words of a speaker, but just to hear the birds or to hear the wind blow or to feel the wind blow. So it's not about not repeating, actually... Suzuki Roshi said, repetition is the heart of Zen practice itself. And I will discuss that fully because it's so important in another talk. Um, but I just did want to make that point because it struck me as I started a new day. every day. I, every week I say, well, here we are, a brand new day. But is it new? Is it a brand new day for us? Usually not. And that is actually one of the great points of Zen practice, so that each day is new, each moment is new, and each breath, that we experience it that way, not stuck in the ruts of our mind that go around and around and around and repeat and repeat and make everything the same, no matter what it is. So anyway, the talk, the name, the title for today's talk is There's is Always Something <laughs> Waiting for Everything to Fall into Place. I love to take these talks from our everyday life and from people that I speak with. You know, sometimes when I interact, not sometimes, many times, but when I interact with someone and they say something, I take it, oh, that's a koan, what a wonderful koan. That happened this Sunday, I was giving a talk at um, Malloy College, to the Zen group. there, a wonderful, wonderful group um, from Father Kennedy's uh, lineage. And one of the women, I said, "How are you today?" And she said, "Oh, there's always something, isn't there?" And she smiled, and I smiled. She's a wonderful person. Terrific student, terrific person." And we looked at each other with a glint in our eyes. And I thought, wow, there's always something, isn't there? That's a koan, and that's a great topic for the talk this week because we're always battling with something or dealing with something. And on the other hand, we're also always waiting for the perfect situation, the perfect weather, the perfect relationship, the perfect vacation, the perfect apartment or home to move to, whatever it is. There's this wish There's this feeling, oh, if only that happens, then things will fall into place. That's a very common experience we all have. Oh, if I only had the perfect partner or the perfect income or the perfect apartment, or if only the neighbors didn't bang upstairs, run around, everything would be great. Oh, if only. There's always something, and I was thinking of that comment, yes, indeed, there is always something, and our experience is that right now, there's always something getting in the way of my feeling happy or content or successful, whatever it is. When one problem is solved, boom, another one pops right up. We get the perfect job, but the co-workers don't like us, or our vacation is all planned and we're so excited, and then we get sick on the way, or... Whatever it is, rather than deeply, deeply relax and enjoy what's happening and accept and taste what's happening, there's always something to smooth out first. Even even with actually doing our zazen practice, our sitting, our meditation. Oh, I better do this, this, and that before I have time to really sit. Maybe I'll sit a half an hour now, but I have so many things to take care of first. There's always something. Even, even in relationships, I've heard this so many times, the perfect person seems to appear. Now my life is complete, I will hear the person say, and then in a little while they find out something about that person. That just ruins everything. Oh God, it's all over now. Where did the love go? That's a great, that's another incredible koan. Incredible. Where did the love go? Actually, I'm going to do another podcast. Not, I'm not stopping this one ever, but I'm doing another one about love and relationships from the Zen point of view. I'll tell you about that later. But let's stick with our koan. Where did the love go? Where did the happiness go? The question is, why can't we get off the merry-go-round of disappointment? When will life settle down for us and feel whole and complete? These are very important questions. And how can it possibly be? Now, this is fascinating, that we feel our best. We feel wonderful when we're just sitting quietly doing nothing at all, fixing up (laughs) nothing at all. That's quite a koan. And that's the heart of our zen practice. We're racing around trying to fix everything up and how can it be that everything feels fine? Fixed up, complete when we're simply doing zazen sitting. And in many zendos we just face the wall. Or if, even if we face outward, we're just facing ourselves. Another very important question connected to this is, who would you be without your problems, without your story, and without your suffering? Who would you be? What's your identity? What meaning would life have for you then, if you had no problems at all? Many people would find that extremely boring in our stories in our in our battles we 're the heroes, or maybe we 're the victims. but this either either we know who we are. we have an identity that we enjoy, a role that we play. Some of us like to be warriors constantly battling endless obstacles, and this seems to give our life juice and meaning and purpose. Even though it keeps things in a constant uproar, there's a sense, well, I'm fully alive when I'm battling uh, all my obstacles, and I'm fixing things up, and I'm winning. I'm winning over circumstances. I'm not letting this happen. I'm taking charge, and that means I'm fully alive, and I'm doing what's needed. Very interesting to believe that. That's a very normal, common experience, though a very unsettling one because it takes such a huge toll on our lives. And the reality is only when we're engaging in this kind of way with the ever-changing phenomena of our lives do we get caught in the cycle of discontent and upset. Eventually, sooner or later, even though we play these roles vigorously, even though we do a great job at them, possibly, it takes such a toll. And often when you get older or when someone is quite ill and they're looking back over their lives, they're thinking, oh my. When they think of the times of the greatest meaning, it's not when they're usually in that mode. That's just something to think about. Very important. And an alternative. When we turn and face the wall or when we sit down on the cushion or the chair and we go within, turn away from the fluctuating appearances and just be with ourselves, with our breathing, with our koan, whatever we work with a new sense of meaning and aliveness comes. It's different. It's so beautiful, too, that we don't have to pay any price for it. There's no toll. No one else is harmed. No one else is pushed around. We're not pushed around. We're not harmed. It's so beautiful. In this mode... We allow life to do whatever it wants to do and we don't interfere or get in the way. No interfering. We just are with it. Now, of course, for many that might feel like capitulation or passivity. It's not. It's not. We do take appropriate action spontaneously, naturally, and usually very effectively as needed. But we coming from another. Point of view. We're not coming from our story or our identity as a hero or a, a victim or whatever our identity is. We're coming from a different identity, a different sense of self. Rather than constantly complaining about everything and trying to change everything, when we're in that mode, when we're seated, when we're practicing, we do what we do best. And what is that? We just pr- breathe. <laughs> We breathe and we are, and we're aware, we're, we're connected to the breathing, to the body, to the moment, to ourselves, to our whole selves, all of us. In fact, when we practice this long enough, if we sit quietly enough, we realize we don't breathe. We are p- breathed. We are being breathed. Where does this breath come from? Where? That's, what. watch and see, where does it go? Is there enough of it forever for all of us? Who gives this breath to us? Who takes it away? Can it be taken away? When we do breathe our last, that's a different, different moment. What do we have to do to deserve this breath? These are such beautiful koans, simple koans but so important to attend to. They really turn everything around. Once we really st- a- a- when I say answer it, I don't mean find an intellectual answer, but once we see that, once we once we relate with that, once we know that all other complaints and questions all are st- Frantic striving to make things perfect will simply disappear. It just disappears. In fact, we see that everything, everything is perfect already, just the way it is. Now, again, that doesn't mean we're passive. It doesn't mean we don't take appropriate action. But even that action that we will take from that point of view is perfect then, too. It's not superimposed upon us by concepts and ideas. It comes from the very essence of ourselves and the very essence of everyone, so that action is beneficial for all. I just think this is so beautiful and important to share. So much. So just, you know, for the exercise for this week, just take a little while to see what are your battles that you're fighting over and over and over again what what obstacles keep appearing what identity are you cl- or story are you clinging to i have to win i have to be right what what is it that's driving you really and, and just sit down in the middle of that don't let it drive you you just sit in the middle of that with whatever comes because you're bigger than all of that, you're more than all of that, be be with that and don't let it overtake your life and overtake you. So, we're, I can't believe that. 15 minutes, 16 minutes have gone by. We're coming to the end of the podcast for this morning. Again, I thank you so much for listening. I believe that next Wednesday evening, Uh, The the, 23rd of January, I will be in Manhasset at the Unitarian Church offering another Zen talk to that same group, Father Kennedy Roshi's um, lineage. It's the Ignatius Zen group, I believe. Um, It's wonderful. They're a wonderful wonderful group of people. They've been sitting together for many, many years and very kind-hearted and very strong sitters, so... If you're out on Long Island, come come on, pop in, join us. Love to meet you. Love to see you. It's, I'm sorry, I, I gave it the wrong name. It's not Ignatius Zen. It has another name. It just slips my mind at the moment. So the, 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 the URL for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And you can hear all the podcasts on it or on iTunes or whatever works for you. So, so pop in and listen and enjoy. And um, I wish you a beautiful, beautiful week and everything wonderful to you. Take good care. And by the way, one more time, if you do want to reach me, have a question, have a comment, my, my email is top t like Tom, topspeaker at yahoo.com. I'm getting wonderful emails. I love communicating with you. Just send them along. And, and I'm so happy to hear from you. And in the very meantime, as I said, have a truly wonderful day. Bye-bye for today.